0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
1: Oh, I remember when the Edmonton Oilers used to score goals. It was the week after Thanksgiving in 2019. I remember the leaves were that beautiful golden color. (coughs) My goodness, I recall one Eve. They scored six, yes, six, against the Philadelphia Flyers. Red lights were flashing everywhere around Rogers Place. Goaltenders across the league feared their attack. But that was so long ago. The Edmonton Oilers have been shut out again. Two games in a row. Minnesota Wild win at 3-0 tonight. And the Oilers would have had to score on every good scoring chance to even have the game tied and going into overtime tonight. They were not very good. Minnesota Wild, full marks for the win. 3-0 the final, Rob.
2: Yeah, it wasn't a good night. Um, the Oilers have played some incredible games this year. They played a couple games that they were not the better team, but somehow managed points or two points. But tonight was a, a, an effort that I, I think that most of them will be leaving thinking, you know what, we probably could have done more. Minnesota was a better team uh, f- in all aspects of the game, and we deserve it of the 3 nothing game. And probably if it wasn't for Mike Smith, this game would have been 4-5-6 because he made some big saves. He had no, no chance on the three that got by him, and there certainly could have been some other chances against. It, it was a very quiet night from the Edmonton Oilers and their stars.
1: Well, and to credit to Smith, he he did make some good saves and the the shots that beat him, especially the two in tight from Stall You've almost expected him to make those saves, Kostin, mm-hmm. because they've they've made so many good saves, and he wasn't able to stop everything tonight. And then they would have had to. I mean, he did stop everything on Sunday, and the Oilers still didn't win. So they're shut out in back to back games for the first time since New Year's Eve twenty seventeen, and then January second twenty eighteen. Those were ugly nights. They lost five nothing to Winnipeg, and then five nothing to the Los Angeles Kings. That was that game. Uh, I remember Maroon took the uh, five-minute penalty, mm. and I think the Kings scored three or four times on the five-minute major penalty. So the Oilers' record goes to 7-2-1 and one on the season. They have gone 152 minutes and 28 seconds without a goal. Ethan Baer, the last Oiler to score, that was Friday in the second period against Detroit. Stood up as the game-winner in a 2-1 win, and McDavid, for just the second time in his career, has gone three straight games without a point, and it was the last time was those the th- th- two games I just mentioned in the previous game, uh where they were shut out back to back in the game they uh they lost before that. So uh tough little go here for the Oilers on the road trip. Couldn't get anything going. Uh the power play couldn't cash in. The they probably best scoring chance of the night. Well, I would say their two best scoring opportunities of the night were both on the power play. Nugent Hopkins fired one off the post. Neil just couldn't quite dig it out from underneath Stalock. And then Drysettle got off one of his good mm-hmm. one-timers from the slot on a power play in the third. That was Staylock's best stop of the night, shot out the pad to keep the Oilers <laughs> off the board. But but again, I, I think if you're talking good scoring opportunities, Bob said four. I think the Oilers probably had three. The entire, like, good, mm-hmm. good, grade-A scoring opportunities. Uh, I think they had three. And, and I, I might
2: I, even be stretching that. I think you are. And I can think of probably five... Minnesota wild opportunities that they blew they they had five chances where they had three-on-ones or or two-on-ones where they didn't get a shot on net uh, it was a, a night that uh, The Oilers just they looked a step behind they looked a step behind when they had the puck on their stick And they certainly looked a step behind when they didn't a number of times the Minnesota came out of their zone with odd-man breaks And the Oilers were too far behind to be able to stop anything that way uh, it, w- it wasn't a good night and they do happen Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Mike Smith was not able to come up with another perfect game like he did in in Winnipeg. Uh, He was good, but he didn't have a whole lot of support tonight.
1: So now we're 10 games into the season. So to me, that's enough to talk about some some trends and some things that are happening because now we really have some more evidence on players and line combinations and, and all that kind of stuff. A huge concern for the Oilers this season was how would the bottom six play? Or as, or as you've said, Rob, I mean they really have a bottom eight because a mm-hmm. couple of players have been in and out. Nygaard's unfortunately injured now, so the the bottom six, well, really the bottom nine didn't didn't score last year, but it will just kind of confine it to two lines. So, ten games into the season, and there were some players that. Definitely, the the Oilers were hoping. Okay, hopefully he's going to get maybe eight to twelve. Maybe he's going to get eight to twelve. Archibald, Granlund, maybe Sheehan, maybe Kara bounces back and get a little more. Well, they all have zero, and and that's now in a ten game stretch. Not every bottom six player is going to score. You, you don't you don't get to ten goals by scoring exactly one every eight games. You might have a stretch where you get two or three and then go go dry for a while. But Nygaard's the only guy who's been able to dent the. Than the twine. I think that the checking, not tonight, certainly mm-hmm. not tonight, but for the most part, the checking has been better from the bottom six. They've certainly helped the PK, mm-hmm. um, but there there aren't a lot of scoring chances.
2: No, and and you can throw in the the left winger on the second line as well. Um, that has been a, a problem for the Oilers the last number of years as well. Nugent Hopkins and Neal playing together, and they've been productive but nobody has scored that's played with them either. So you got the bottom six and again the left winger that's playing on the second line that have struggled to, to put any offense up. And, uh, you know, it, it, as you said, not every night is someone in your bottom six gonna score. And you probably might go a couple games without any production out of your bottom six, but 10 games, that's a pretty good segment. That uh, That's 10 games, that's seven players. That's 70 man games right there without a goal from your bottom guys. and not getting a whole lot of looks. And I think that's the one that is probably a little more disheartening is sometimes, you know, okay, we ran into a hot goalie. Or, I mean, we got our chances. Eventually, they're going to come. The last few games, the bottom six players haven't really created anything where you can say, oh, well, they're coming. And that's something that they got. I mean, tonight, the, the, the blender came out, and we had four completely different-looking lines, and that's because the top two lines dried up tonight. And when they do, you hope that maybe somehow the third or fourth line get chip something in. Maybe this is going to be a night that they uh, contribute and help the, the top, top three or four players do something. But it hasn't been there. And there are some positives on the bottom six. They are better than the bottom six the Oilers had last year. These are NHL-caliber hockey players. Their penalty killing is better because of them. But you still need something, some sort of positive offensively, and it's not there. And I know that Bob talked about Sam Gagne up. Yeah, there's probably a strong possibility he'll be in the next game playing on, uh, who knows, he might be on your second line, the way things have gone there as well. But the Oilers aren't getting what they expected and hoped, and that is a little concerning going forward.
1: And uh, getting a goal will be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. It is 9 o'clock. The Edmonton Oilers have lost 3 nothing to the Minnesota Wild. Their next opponent, the Washington Capitals, that's on Thursday night. Third period just started in Calgary. And the Capitals have a 3-2 lead. So we'll keep an eye on that one for you. We'll have post-game reaction from Minnesota. And we'll get to your phone calls in a couple of minutes here at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Now, on top of that, the last two nights, uh, the big guys didn't score. We mentioned a couple of power play chances. But there there wasn't a lot five-on-five tonight either for McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins. Neal.
2: You no, know, I, I think the last couple of days uh, or a couple of games... Connor and Leon have looked human. Um, there's, there'd be games where they may not have the stat sheet with their numbers all over, but the chances were, were there. I think the last two games, the chances haven't, and, and some uncommon mistakes. Uh, You can see on the power play, plays at the blue line that the passes are off. Uh, Coming up on the breakout, misplaying the puck, putting themselves offside. Things like that now. It happens over the course of the season. Even the best players have off nights. Unfortunately for the Oilers, when their top players have off nights, like they have the last two, they don't score. So it's that much more noticeable than it would be for another team who top players didn't score, but someone scored a couple goals and it's a 2-1 win. You forget about them. But when you don't score, then the big spotlight's on your top couple players, and they weren't as good. They they weren't, and uh, they will need to be better because the, the schedule... Gets a little bit harder now when you start playing some of the top teams in the NHL.
1: Game one of the World Series has Washington leading Houston five three in the seventh. The Raptors win their season opener in overtime 122 over New Orleans. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the goal light on six thirty. Ched slash Oilers. That's courtesy Japanese Village AAA steak and succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses, and you'd be able to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese village we saw that uh, a few times early in the season Well, we're still early in the season but earlier but the Oilers only two total goals in their last three games they go 1-1 one, one, and 1 in those three games all right 780 496 0063 we have Brian on the line hey Brian <clears throat> go ahead
3: hey guys how you doing good yeah uh not a great play uh you know great executed game tonight obviously um I thought we looked really tired and slow. Uh, the last two teams we played are desperate, but, you know, definitely winnable games. And those games actually hurt, I think, more than anything because those are games you look at the calendar and you, you should win those games. Um, I've noticed uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, something's something has been off more than a couple games. Even the Detroit game, it just seemed like passes were off. And, Passes missed and and uh, running into uh, running into players rather than going around them. But uh, you know might, it might just be the way they're defending those guys now. But but I agree, totally agree with you that the, the bottom six guys uh, are better. But there's you know I mean how long can you wait before you start calling up players? Like what are the chances of Yamamoto coming up to to help out in the bottom
2: six? Uh, yeah, good question. I, I don't see that happening. I, I, I just don't see Yamamoto coming in the bottom six. I I, I, th-
1: mm-hmm. I don't see it happening immediately. I, no. I think it could happen this
2: year. Oh, no, I think I think Yamamoto is going to be going get a couple games this year, but I don't see it happening anytime soon, and I think if he comes up, uh, he's more apt to be going on to a Nugent Hopkins line on the second line <coughs> as opposed to playing on your fourth line because Yamamoto I don't see as a penalty killer, not yet. Mm-hmm. So I think he'd be a guy that would... Uh, play. I mean, they're not getting any production out of Nugent Hopkins' left wing. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Gagne goes there next game and hope that something works out that way. But they, I just don't see him coming up and playing and getting a few minutes here or there. And they, he's got to come up and play substantial minutes if he's going to play.
1: Yeah, Brian. I wonder if there was a call up with one of the better offensive players from the minors if if they would get thrown on Nugent Hopkins' wing as opposed to going yeah. on the third or fourth line.
3: Yeah, uh, that that would make sense, uh, but but I, I just wonder how long you know they they will go because you, you cannot depend. You know, we cannot you know uh, project. Of course, it, it may not happen. But last year, I mean, it was like the worst bottom six scoring results in the history of the NHL, and it's not starting off much better. I mean, except for the BK and the um, you know keeping the puck. Defensive structure is a little bit better, but we still need to get some more goals.
1: Yeah, no, you're right, Brian. Thanks, man. Yeah. Take care. That's Brian seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, disappointing. And again, I preface all this by saying the, the the offensive players didn't score the last two games either. So you know, this these are these are team failures the last two games. But if we're talking the the ten game stretch, then yeah, I mean, you've had some explosive games. From Drysidle, some explosive games from McDavid, a four-goal explosion from Neal. Nugent Hopkins has been good, especially on the power play. I, I've thought, uh, you know, Bears chipped in a couple goals. So yeah, you, you got to have something go in at at some point from from somebody else. And you know, it's I I, I know I, I got I, I had this discussion on on Inside Sports last week, Rob, and I know some listeners wrote in and said well, you know, those guys don't play enough, so how can you get goals when you don't play a lot? And, and you know, that's not why they were signed. And I, and I get that, but to have a really good team, you have to do a little bit of everything. And if, if an offensive player misses his back check, especially in this country, he gets torn apart for the next two days until the next game. But if you expect the offensive players to be at least average defensive players, then I think you have to expect the un- defensive players to at least do something Offensively, and 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 the good teams, you know, mo- well, most good teams in the NHL have their stars. Most scoring is top heavy on a lot of teams, mm-hmm. but you need something chipped in every once in a while. And I, and, and again, you know, a, a bottom six player scores against Winnipeg, you, you you win. Yeah. Tonight, okay, maybe not. It was a pretty stinky. Game,
2: now, but. Yeah, I mean, you're not know, looking for bottom six guys to score each night. Oh, and, of course, be so. simply they'd be then they'd be top six players. But I don't know. If you went through the NHL right now, went through every single team's stats, I'm not sure you would find another team in the National Hockey League that had their bottom two lines with zero goals. Like, zero goals.
1: Yeah, probably not.
2: So there's got to be – so, yeah, they're not expected if the, – if the fourth line, for example, scored a goal every fourth game and the third goal line scored one goal, just one goal every third game, then you would say they're doing their job. That's that's. I mean, they're contributing. Uh, but when you're going you're going ten games and they've got zero goals combined. That's one eighth of the season gone, without them scoring a goal. And the the biggest thing too is they haven't really there haven't been a lot of chances. Normally, with the way it works, uh, a top line only need sometimes one or two chances to score a couple goals in a game. The bottom line needs a number of chances. That's why they're down there. They don't have the same hands, the same scoring pedigree. So sometimes they'll get four or five chances and at the end of the night they'll have nothing or they'll have one. But right now they're getting no chances. And that's hard when you're a bottom six guy and you're not getting chances it, 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 it's hard to put the puck in the net because you usually need a lot more. Your shooting percentage is usually a lot lower than the guy who's, who's scoring 20-25 a season.
1: All right, Oilers lose 3-0 to the Wild. More of your phone calls in a couple minutes, but back to Minnesota. Here's Alex Chason.
0: Do we look at this as just a team that didn't, hasn't scored for a couple games, or do we look at this as a team that maybe the support scoring
4: needs to improve here? Uh, yeah, I think uh, you've touched on a few things. Uh, um, that uh, definitely has to get better for a group. Um, I think the other part is uh, with the start that um, we've been having. Um, you know, teams are going to get out and come out and play hard, and um, I think that's one thing this group has to learn uh, how to handle. And um, but um, for sure, night wasn't our best effort. Do you? Did...
0: It's ten games in. There was seven forwards in the lineup tonight without a goal. You would be one of them, I
4: guess. Help uh, <laughs> of hard as they're working. <laughs> you guys are working. Every now and then you got to chip in yeah. <clears throat> We can't we can't rely on those guys. Uh, every game, uh, you know, they've been carrying the load. Um, they're playing 20-25 minutes a night. You know, there are nights where their legs might not be there and um, I'll be the first one to admit that uh, I got to help the group and the bottom six has to help the group Uh, that's just how you win in this league Uh, your best players are gonna uh, be your best players but uh, on nights like this if you get a line going uh, that's in the bottom six that can help out and keep the team a chance to win right now as a group which we're, we're not doing that.
1: All right that's Alex Chason I think he knows the deal after the Oilers lose three nothing to the wild uh, pretty pretty blunt comments from him and he, you know he made a reference to you know now teams are seeing each other and getting tape on each other's power plays and penalty kills and tendency and all that kind of stuff partly ongoing adjustments throughout the course of the course of a long season. and I remember talking to him last year he had you know he had 17 goals in the first half of the season and he said, Now I'm across the blue line. Well, now I got a stick in my elbow. Now I'm getting a slash on the pants. Now the guy's, you know, trying to put a subtle grab on my stick or or my elbow because now they've seen, oh, this guy's hot this year. So he's no longer a guy that crosses the blue line. And we think, oh, Chase Law's not going to score. Now they're they're all all over me. So that's going to happen. Winnipeg did an excellent job marking McDavid. I thought, on Sunday. I, I mean, they, they maybe took some risks sometimes by double or triple teaming, but they did it quickly enough he couldn't get the puck off. So, yeah, it's a it disappointing couple of, nights, couple of nights for the Oilers for sure. They lose 3-0 to the Minnesota Wild. Unfortunately, no donation this evening from Ascendant Financial to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. They give 25 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. Still 3-2 Washington, leading Calgary. 12-20 left in the in the third period. You saw Patrick Russell go with McDavid and Neal for the last two periods of the game.
2: Yeah, I, Dave Tippett was certainly trying everything he could to get something going. Um, it's been, what, seven periods now that the Oilers haven't scored a goal, so lines are going to change. Uh, the one fear that we had starting the season and it's a, a problem that the others have had for the last couple of years is they don't have a lot of depth on the wings and that's the the main reason that you see leon playing ring, wing with Connor mcdavid because they just don't have enough depth on the uh, on the wing sides to to be able to have three centermen down the middle but when you start, turning the lines over like that, that's when you start realizing, hey, wait a second, who are we going to, if we move Leon off, who are we going to put up there? And all of a sudden, Patrick Russell went up there. He went up there because of his hard work. He went up there hoping that uh, he might be able to will a puck into the net. I thought he had a pretty good game, but the problem is, if you're counting on a Patrick Russell playing against the other team's top pairing defensemen, because that's who you'll see if you're playing with Connor McDavid, then you're... You're you're looking for you're, you're, that's a hope play, that's a hail mary, because right now Dave Tippett's just trying just about anything because the two best players, McDavid and Drysaddle, haven't had the chemistry the last couple of games, so it it just was a an off night, it has been an off actually an off road trip for the Edmonton Oilers offensively, haven't created nearly enough chances.
1: All right, we'll go to Greg on line three. Hey, Greg, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, man. Hey guys, how's it going?
5: Yeah, pretty good. Well, you know uh, the last few seasons being one one and one on a road trip we take that right but uh the the question i have for you is everybody is going to complain about the bottom six scoring i understand that but how many minutes are they playing compared to like you know other teams in the nhl and not only that if we burn out our top line every night they're playing 22 plus minutes a night we got to give them a break you know you got to roll roll your line so
1: you yeah. know what, Greg? Just don't don't hang up. I'm gonna look this up, and plus you're a finish the play guy. I'm gonna go to the Bruins Leafs box score right now, because I think you you'd agree that line in Boston is pretty darn good. Yeah, absolutely. So yep. let I'm gonna just check their ice time just for tonight.
2: I, I'm guessing that the third and fourth lines for the Oilers are fairly similar to most third and fourth lines in the NHL. All
1: right. Uh, no, this is this is just interesting just to see. Yep. Um. Okay. Now I'm searching for it here. So Bergeron played twenty-one twenty. McDavid played twenty-one twenty-three. Where's Pasternak? Pasternak only played eighteen ten. And where's my buddy Marchand? Marchand played nineteen forty-four. Uh, what did Drysaitel finish with tonight? He's about nineteen. He was nineteen fifty-five. And yeah, some of the the Boston depth guys. Who do we have here? Sean Corrali played fifteen thirty-five. I'm just going kind to of randomly pick you guys. Backus, well, Backus only played seven thirteen. He doesn't play a lot. Par Lindholm, who would be a depth guy for them, played ten fifty-five. Some of the Oilers' depth guys: Jujar played eleven fifty-five. Patrick Russell yeah. round up at fifteen. So it's New all Arizona about the same. Played eleven forty-one. So yeah, maybe Boston's a little more even. I mean, Drysdale kills penalties, right? And I don't think. I don't think Pasternak
2: kills, does he? No, I don't think he does either. But they, the bottom six play similar to the bottom six on most teams in the NHL. And Mo, if you go through the entire NHL right now, go through their stats, and I would be, I would be willing to bet right now that there's not another team in the NHL that has zero goals out of their entire bottom six. And if you want, for the Oilers, you can add bottom nine if you want, yeah. or bottom eight. Well, okay, let's, again... The only goal that's been scored was on a four-on-four four by Nygaard.
1: And, and again, just to go back to, to the Boston game, Greg, and this is a good... And I know looking at individual games does not tell a whole story, but nope. just, just tonight, okay, Pasternak scored, Marchand scored, star players, uh, that Par Lindholm, who I mentioned, scored in his 11 minutes, and Brett Ritchie scored in his 13-and-a-half.
2: And that's what the Oilers are missing. So,
1: and they went 4-2 over Toronto. That's a really okay, good question, though, Greg. Well, I, oh,
5: we only have to go 500 for the rest of the season because of our start, and we should make the playoffs
1: too, right? So that's. Kind of I, big, so. Well, I don't no, think 500 that'd be, won't that'd get be you in. 87 points. You that might, won't get in. Might need a few more than that, but uh, still, I, I'll still take seven, two, and one. Big, big picture, absolutely. But hey, like we've been talking about, even after some of the wins, there are concerns. There, there yeah. always, there always will be. Do you want to finish the play, Greg? Absolutely. All right. You already have up to eight days parking at JetSet Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as 5.98 per day with the promo code, Jet. Here we go. Chase
5: off. Will angle it off the fourth. Bear rips one on that. Save. Rebound Marcus Grandlin. Stop by Staylock,
1: And he's got it. All right. Who did Marcus Grandlin play for last year, Vancouver or Carolina? Um, go go. Calgary? Calgary?
5: No, last no. year. I gave you a choice. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm kidding. Oh,
1: sorry. Okay. Don't.
5: Uh, um, well, whenever I win, I want to donate to charity, so I'm going to
2: say I have no idea. but Don't, I'm don't cool. say the American it's team. It's either Vancouver or Don't say or the American Carolina. team. Who did
1: he play for okay, last we'll, year? We'll go over Vancouver then. Vancouver's absolutely right. And don't, don't feel bad because once I gave uh, Charlie Huddy as a choice for someone who scored in a game last year, and the caller said Charlie Huddy. That was not correct. <laughs> Stay on the line, okay, Greg? Thanks. Your name's going to the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at a thousand bucks. Safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. Fast Track edmonton.com. Oilers lose three nothing to the uh, Wild. They were uh, pretty, uh, pretty one-sidedly outplayed tonight. Let's go back to Mini. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett.
0: The first bit of adversity for your team this year. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I told our guys after the game. It's our first bit. That's. Uh Got us. I know we, were, we seemed like we were a little low on energy the last couple of days and uh, I was kind of worried about this game a little bit, but uh, there's things you can do to compensate for some of that. We didn't do them very well tonight and uh, so it's time to regroup. Mm-hmm. Are teams, uh, you guys are rolling in town now with a good record, a hot start, scoring goals. Are teams more prepared for you than maybe they were the first five uh, games? It, it's hard to win every game. I mean, you, you've got teams, especially, you know, you look at the last two teams we played, the last three teams we played, they're all desperate to try to get themselves back in the race even early, you know. And we've had a pretty good start, but you, uh, when you play a desperate team, you better play desperate yourself. And we didn't have the juice in our tank to, uh, or the gas in our tank tonight to do that. So. Got behind early and just chased it the whole game.
1: Yeah, that's Dave Tippett. Well, and the Oilers fell behind. It, it happened quickly. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you got you had stall at 11:33, stall again at 12:48, and then Brad Hunt got his fourth of the season at 16:46. So basically, five minutes it went from a scoreless game to a three nothing edge for the Wild. Brad Hunt. Maybe people are hearing us saying this, but good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for him. And uh, Eric Stahl loves playing the Oilers. Now 24 points in 22 career games against Edmonton. One thing about Hunt, and we saw it in Edmonton, he can absolutely blast the puck. He can absolutely blast the puck.
2: An absolute bomb and a very small guy. <laughs> Normally it's the big, the big, like the Sheldon Surreys that come in with the huge bombs. Hunt is not a big man, but he puts, I mean, when he fires it, you you feel it going by you. And good on him. Obviously, he'd hoped it wasn't here against the Oilers tonight. But good on him for keeping his career going. And he's had a stellar, stellar start to the season in Minnesota. So good on him. And hopefully he'll continue it against all the Oilers rivals.
1: All okay, right, we got a text here from Phil. He's got a question for you, Rob. He says, mm-hmm. Rob, what kind of attitude do star players tend to have toward bottom six guys who never put up any points? Do you get frustrated at them? Or do you just get numb to it because you never expect them to score? Personally, I'd be ticked off, put something on the board. It's part of being an NHL player regardless of your role on the team. Okay, that's a text for Phil asking you that question, Rob. And that is really interesting because you... I've been both. You've played both roles during your NHL career.
2: No, no, I've never, as when I was an offensive player in, in my career, I never had anything... Um, negative towards the guys that were bottom six. I underst- I understood their role. Uh, some of them were supposed to be physical. And I was never asked to be, quote, run guys over. Some of them were fighters. I never had to go fight anybody. I never had to lay down uh, in front of a... Uh, now, McKinnis slap shot, that was a, other guys' roles on the team. And then when I became a guy that was more or less a third or fourth liner, you understood your role. Everyone has a role on the team. I mean, the ice time dictates and shows you, okay, Well, these guys are going to be our goal scorers. That's why they're getting 22, 23 minutes a night. Well, this is a a seven-minute-a-night guy, and this is what he's going to do for you. You hope at some point that they'll chip in, but that's also like saying, well, if you want me to chip in, well, sometimes maybe McDavid or Leon got to fight, or maybe Nugent Hopkins got to go lay someone out at center ice, and that's not going to happen. So understand your role and be very good at it, but I've never been on a team where there's been a player who's in the upper echelon, who has been negative towards someone because he doesn't contribute offensively like the other players do.
1: Oilers lose 3-0 to the Minnesota Wild. It's a split shutout tonight for the Wild. we had some kind of rare occurrences. We had a double shutout mm-hmm. on Sunday. And then, yeah, I mean, there's usually a couple shared shutouts throughout it's the season.
2: It's not going to be one celebrated as well in the Minnesota Wild restroom because the well, one goalie is hurt. okay. I hope he is too.
1: Dubnik made nine saves in just under 22 minutes of work. Stalock went the rest of the way, made 16 saves, so 25 shots by the Oilers, no goals. And Dubnik hurt on a play, and, and I, I actually wasn't sure if that was a penalty on Donato. I mean, they, they went crashing into mm-hmm. the net, no doubt. Dubnik tried to get out of the way and hit, he, I mean, a lot of him hit the ice, yes. but, his, but his head looked like it sm- I mean, if you didn't see it, he did skate off,
2: um, walked down, talked to Stalic before he left the, the arena and walked down the, to the dressing room. I agree. I don't think it was a penalty. I think Donato fell. He was back-checking. He fell, and he took his own goalie out. So I'm not sure where the penalty was. Uh, and unfortunately for the I mean, that was a great opportunity for the Oilers on that one. Uh, they got a power play, and they got a goalie coming in cold off the bench. He hasn't you know, been in front of a puck probably for oh, probably 45 minutes. And sitting on the bench, he unexpectedly has to go into the game. They only got, I remember, one shot and it hit the post. They had him beat, but they didn't put enough pucks on that on that one right there. You go back to basics and you just fire away. Because you've got a goalie whose head wasn't quite in the game yet and you didn't get it take advantage of it, lost opportunity.
1: All right. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Robert on line two. Hey Robert, go ahead.
5: Uh, hey guys. How's it going?
1: Pretty good. Wow.
5: I want to talk a little bit about uh, Drysidle and McDavid. I I don't think I don't think those two played bad tonight. But I think at the same time, I think I uh, think when you're when you're when you're not getting any scoring out of the out of the out of the bottom six, I don't think you can expect the Oilers to go seven two and one every ten games that the bottom six doesn't do anything.
2: Absolutely right.
5: And uh, and uh, now now. Now, now, and I have another question too. You think, you think maybe at some point, like or like say next game, if like you said earlier, Rob, if Gagne uh, goes in, who comes out?
2: Well, in all honesty, you've got your choices. I mean, there's a, a few players on the bottom six that haven't played. Uh, I, I don't up okay, Let's just look at the guys. I, I don't think they would
1: take Shan out. Nope, Shan won't come out. Um, Russell I don't won't think come take out. Patrick Russell out. No. So, you, so the candidates, I suppose, would be Kara, Yurcho, Granlund, or Archibald.
2: I don't think it'll be Archibald either because he just got back in the lineup. So I think it'll be Granlin, Kara, and who's the third guy? Yurcho. Yurcho, yeah. Of those, it'll be one of those three that'll be out of the lineup next game, I believe. I think that they'll throw you in and. Simply as a as a message saying we need something more out of the bottom six, and it would not shock me either if Garnier moved up on the second line and played with Nugent Hopkins simply because no left winger that's played with Neal and Nugent Hopkins has knocked it out of the park yet. And either.
1: then you'd bump Jason, into a bottom six
2: role. Yeah, which is where he's been most of the year. Yeah, because yeah, I mean of he's had his
1: career. Let's be honest. Like, yeah,
2: yeah, most. Yeah, absolutely, most of his career. And he's he's had a couple games here in the top six, and uh, he's been okay. But again, they need more. What do you think? Yeah.
5: Mark? Uh, well, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, I think, yeah. If you're gonna, uh, I think if you're gonna, uh, if you're gonna put Gagne in, I think, yeah. I think you maybe, maybe you throw him up on that, uh, up on that second line. See, maybe, maybe if that uh, gives him a spark, you know. And I, uh, but uh, at the same time, I think, we, but if you. If you're going to throw Gagne up in the top six, does that mean that you know Gagne maybe maybe gets uh, uh, some power play time? Now that being said, also who do you who do you put in goal? Because I thought Mike Smith, aside from the fact that there he let in three goals on in five minutes, two of them which he had zero chance on. Uh, other than that, I I thought Smith Smith played well. So do you think Tippett sticks with the the two two and two he's been doing, and he goes back to. Koskinen, or do you think he
2: puts Smith in again? I I think he goes with Koskinen. I thought Smith was excellent tonight. Uh, I think he was the the only star on the Oilers tonight. I think they'll go with Koskinen, though, because they've had success. And even though Smith was good, he has lost his last two starts. Go with Koskinen. He's been excellent in his four starts. As for Gagne, yeah, he'll he'll be on power play time. He'll be the second power play, and he'll get a whopping 12 to 15 seconds because yeah. the Oilers honestly only have one power play unit and they play practically the full two minutes. Uh,
1: this texture thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, this texter says, uh, does Dubnik get the win? Dubnik does get the win.
2: Oh, good call. That's a good good question there because I wouldn't have known that one either. Uh,
1: this texture says, you said earlier in the show that you'll take a 7-2-1 and record any day, but how many of those wins have the Oilers actually played well? Getting scored on first and coming back to win isn't sustainable. If the others keep playing like this, do we realistically make the playoffs? Uh, I mean, they've probably played well in six games, maybe. Uh, like, this was this was pretty bad. This was the worst game by far. I mean, they easily could have lost to New Jersey.
2: Could have lost uh, to Vancouver in the first game. But that one was close. It was like, close, to me, but no. To me, you said could have. But... Coulda. but, but well, oh, could have lost. Vancouver was oh, the better team than all ten. Yeah, but Vancouver was they, the better team in that lost game. All ten. Yeah, but Vancouver was the better team in that game. I, I don't think so. I think was well, scoring chances, scoring chances. They Vancouver had way more. Grade I, I eight. don't agree with that, and that's
1: not what I said after that game. That was an even game, and the Oilers playmakers made the plays in the third period.
2: I agree with that part, but I still think Vancouver was the better team in that game. As for it, you still t- you're still happy, and you still take the seven 2 one record. Absolutely. Um, But what coaches will look at is they will look at how you play. They don't look at wins and losses. If you go into a game and have a great game and you lose the game because the other goalie was outstanding or some fluke play, they'll still be satisfied at the end of the night that that's the proper way to play. Because over the course of 82 games, it'll be based on how you play because eventually those equal out. You're going to get a couple games you didn't deserve. You'll get two points because of a great goaltending effort. There's going to be a couple games that you should have won that you won't get points because the other team had that great goalie effort. But over the course of this season, it usually equals out. If you play well enough in most games, you're going to have enough points to be a playoff hockey club. The Oilers still have warts. They do. But... You will take that seven and two record and run with it, and just try to find ways to be a better hockey club in the next ten game segment.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting debate. I know sometimes people say, "Well, they're they're better than their record or they're worse than their record." I always think by the end of the season, you you are your record. Mm-hmm. And even yep. even the games the Oilers won that they sh- maybe shouldn't have, there were still reasons they won. Mm-hmm. Your goaltender is part of the team. Yep. You, you know, if he if he steals a couple. along the way. Go back and look at the Gretzky
2: days. There were nights that they got outplayed, but Grant Fear was incredible and they had Gretzky and Curry, so uh, they won hockey games. I mean,
1: the the Montreal Canadiens did not have the best team in the NHL in 86 or 93, but they had the best goalie in the playoffs. That helps. So, so, I mean, that's a good question. Um, he, He says, if the Oilers keep playing like this, do they realistically make the playoffs? Well, Look, I didn't pick the orders to make playoffs before the season. I said 88 points, and you probably fall short of a wild card mm-hmm. by, by two to five wins, depending on what the, the cut line is. Is this going to go in for Washington? Carlson Washington again, too. Wow, Washington's <laughs> going to beat the Flames. It's 5-2. Yeah,
2: I think that's three points. points for the Leeds' leading scorer, John Carlson. I'm pretty yeah, sure he's, that's he's his third, third of the night. The, the, third point. Did he get a hat-trick? Oh, no, his third okay, point. He's got two goals and an, assist, and an assist, I think,
1: tonight. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's an interesting discussion. That, that Who wrote that in? I didn't get the name of that texture. But uh, it, it's like it's it's kind of fun to talk about, and, and that's sports. We say, well, what if well, you, you can what-if yourself to mm-hmm. death? At, at the end of the day, they, they won the games they won. They did but enough I... to – I mean, we could be sitting here saying, well, McDavid had a, a three chances in overtime Sunday.
2: So oh, was, no, you're right. Usually
1: that would but win, so the let's way, give them a win instead of an overtime loss. You, you Bottom said line it, is he didn't
2: convert No, you, you said it best when you said by the end of the season, your record is what you are. I think after 10 games, no, it's not. But after 20 games, no, it's not. But after 82 games, that is your record. That's the kind of team you are because everything is equaled out.
1: All right, you'll hear from the Nuge. we got Pete up next on the phone line. Oilers Lose 3-0 to the Wild Oilers Hockey presented by World of Spas Heartland Ford presented by Hartland uh, Ford is the presenter of overtime open line That's what I'm trying to say Back after the news
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair.
1: Here's a lead pass, wrist shot off the rush, cut it, save Smith, rebound loose, grab, elevated by Suter inside, wrist
5: shot, save, made Smith on the rebound, and then he got plowed into and didn't like it
1: and chopped the guy back, and that's the one thing about Mike Smith is he will engage. All right, that's Mike Smith's save of the game brought to you by Jiffy Lube, BY's Winter Eyes. The Oilers lose 3 0 to the Wild. Smith makes 27 stops. We'll also make him our fourth star of the game for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit White Eagle Homes. .ca. reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, it is 9.33. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Tough one for the Oilers. Clearly outplayed tonight. They dropped to 7-2-1 and one on the season, and we have Pete on line one. Hey, Pete.
7: Hi. Um, I get a feeling it's a case of deja vu all over again. And that when when Hitch came in brand new, didn't the Oilers go like nine out of ten before they tanked?
1: They went nine they, two and two under Hitch's uh, first uh, thirty right. games. So the, they were pretty jacked, you know, for the new
7: coach, and, and then they, uh, they they slid a little. Do you think there's a similarity coming, or is this a different team?
1: No, I think I think a big part of Hitch's run was Koskinen, and then also Clefbaum got hurt at the end of it, and Russell.
7: Right, and and this year we got Smith and Koskinen both playing well for now.
1: Yes, but I I don't I don't think that they're just going to play ten good games under Tippett and then there's no steam. Like I think they know tips here for for the long haul. Right.
7: Okay, and uh, another thing, um, I think Minnesota played really well. It seems like they they had an extra player on the ice all the time. The Oilers just couldn't move, eh?
2: No, I thought Minnesota played well. I was surprised. I mean, there's been a lot of talk. They got off to a bad start, a number of their players struggling. A couple of them were the, had the worst plus minus in the in the entire National Hockey League. Goalie wasn't playing well, and they played a good game. Minnesota played well. They, they did all the things that they needed to. They were better in the, the battles. They were winning the races. Uh, They had a perfect game plan, and they came in and executed it. So, I mean, when you say that Edmonton didn't play well, yes, they didn't. But you also got to give credit to the other team. The Minnesota Wild probably, and I haven't seen enough of their games, but I'm guessing might have had their best effort of the season in a game they were desperate to get points out of.
1: All right, the Capitals did beat the Flames 5-3, so they go to 7-2 and 2 on the season as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. If you're looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to Edmonton Trailer. Trailer.com. Bruins knock off the Maple Leafs 4-2. The Sabres are 8-1-1, beating the Sharks 4-3 in overtime. Jack Eichel got the game winner in that one. Panthers beat the Penguins 4-2. It is the Coyotes getting by the Rangers 3-2 in overtime. Dvorak got the game winner. The Coyotes are 5-2-1. Canucks win 5-2 in Detroit. Vancouver is 6-3. The Predators hammer the Anaheim Ducks 6-1. The final, the Kings get by the Jets 3-2. And in a shootout, the Golden Knights go to 7-4. 2-1 win over Chicago.
2: You when you, The very first one you talked about was the Washington-Calgary game. And you said 5-3. I'm like, wait, we just watched It, it was 5-2. The Calgary Flames scored a goal with 16 seconds to go in the game. Wouldn't mean nothing except it was a goal by Toby Reeder, his first of the season for the Calgary Flames. After a frustrating zero-goal season last year in Edmonton, Toby Reeder scores tonight for the Calgary Flames.
1: Well, it's, I'm glad he got one. I am too. I mean, Absolutely. that sucks. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's like I, to go that long without scoring.
2: Yeah, I mean he's a good guy that went through a hard time here in Edmonton. So he's finally got it, got it out of the way. Hopefully it's clear sailing now for Toby Reader. John from Edson
1: says, uh, given the lack of production the last three games, do you see Tippett shaking up the lines to start next game? Connor with Nuge maybe, Neil and Drysdale as a second town. Yeah, we, he switched them up mid game. I wonder if he has any changes off the beginning of next game.
2: Um, it, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, they they've had a dry spell and and all. Lions have dry spells. And normally a coach will split them up. They'll mix them up a little bit for a game or two. Then they'll eventually get back to where they belong. But, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Connor McDavid has gone pointless in four of his last five games. I mean, that's, that's something. He just that, got five points. He got five in one night. That was a really good night. But four in his last five games. So, uh, yeah, it, it would not shock me at all if they, they completely revamped the Lions for the next game.
1: 3 nothing. the Wild win it. Let's go back to mini. Here's Ryan Nugent-Hopkins.
8: He just mentioned that this is probably your first bit of adversity this year. Yeah. Um, first time losing two in a row and first time, uh, first real game that I thought... Um, I mean, we probably got out-competed for most of the game um, just on loose puck battles and stuff. I mean, uh, not every play, but a lot of the time, they just kind of they got to pucks first and uh, created more from that than, than we did. But, um, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, first time a game like this has happened to us in, uh, in the first 10, so um, I mean, you, it's bound to happen. Things like this happen uh, to any team throughout the throughout the league and throughout the season, and uh, it's just a matter of how we bounce back and how we respond uh, back at home. You hit the post there for the power play. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I mean, I was just hoping that dude. Well, <laughs> hoping it was going in, but uh, also if it kind of hit. I think it might have landed on his leg or something, then just dropped right, right below him. So neither couldn't, uh, couldn't get that there. But it definitely would have been a, a nice one to uh, to get there, and uh, would have set us up uh, well for the third.
0: Connor's only gone three games without a point twice in his career. This is the second time. Um, and you guys haven't scored for two games, is that a fairly obvious sign
8: that the support scoring needs to pick up? Well, I think it's uh, a sign that teams are they're playing us tight right now, and uh, those, these last two games, I mean, uh, um, they've been tight. I mean, they're not giving up. Uh, uh, I mean, they're not giving up a whole lot. Every chance we get, we have to work for uh, and, and create. Um, but I mean, it just uh, it shows that there hasn't been a whole lot out there. We can, uh, we, we, I think, uh, easy success or um, recipe success for us is just point shots, get pucks back, and um, that's kind of how we got some against uh, Philly, against. Um, Back at home there, so I mean we got to get back to that, but uh, you know, it's just uh, winning battles all over the ice uh, creates offense. So. Heard he hit the hit the, the hole like yeah. oh yeah, yeah. bang. Back that. Oh jeez, uh, I didn't. Yeah, I saw him so go, so so go down. Didn't see exactly what happened, but uh, I mean obviously hope uh, hope he's alright.
1: All right, that's Ryan Nugent. Hopkins, Oilers lose 3-0 to the Minnesota Wilds. Shut out in back-to-back games, 152 minutes, 28 seconds since they last scored. First time they've been shut out in consecutive games since New Year's Eve 2017 and then January 2nd, 2018. I remember those ones. They lost 5-0 to Winnipeg and then lost 5-0 to the Los Angeles Kings. Just want to round out the scoreboard here. Bottom of the 8th. Game one of the World Series. Washington with a 5 4 lead in Houston. And the Raptors won their season opener in overtime 130 122 over New Orleans. Jordan on line one. Go ahead, Jordan. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Quite well. Hey, so
6: a uh, couple questions. First, uh, I guess for Rob, as a player in the league uh, and a good player on good teams, uh, is there <laughs> maybe subconsciously even a bit of kind of psychology that can develop on a team where you have say a handful of really good players leading the way offensively and then kind of that kind of team riding their coattails a bit and then as a follow-up uh if this is a trend uh and let's say ghani doesn't you know chase Sun doesn't find that spark again uh at what point does the new management basically uh wheel and deal or maybe even promote some of our prospects from if they're lighting it up down there uh, where's that line that gets crossed where they where they call them up um, as a stopgap
2: um to answer your first question or your second question first i think they will go with from within first before they would make a move i would think i would think they would try. Maybe a Benson or a Yamamoto or someone like that up on the second line to see if they can get a little offense going with Nuge, if that continues where they can't find anyone to put the puck in the net. As for, uh, yeah, sometimes when you have superstars on your team, you do relax a little bit because you expect them to have big nights every night. And sometimes you get caught watching, you get caught hoping, and maybe don't put enough pressure on yourself to be a guy to win a hockey game for you because, well, I mean, we've seen Connor and Leon do it time and time again. You know, they'll be there. Eventually, they'll figure it out tonight and we'll, they'll get their two or three and we'll win a game. So, yeah, sometimes you get caught watching and... Uh, don't have the the killer instinct offensively that you probably need. So you hope that's not the case because there's a lot of guys on this team trying to prove themselves that they're capable of playing in this league. There's a lot of guys in the bottom six right now who are trying to hold on to a spot in the National Hockey League. But, you know, it, it is in the back of guy's minds. Well, he's done it before for us. He'll probably do it again tonight. I'll tell you what, Jordan, here,
1: here's what my concern would be And if they call up a player who's doing well in the minors, whether it's Yamo or Benson or or whoever, awesome. But my worry would be is that guy's going to come up and we're going to look at him and be like, okay, well, he's going to save the offense because that's a horrific formula and it's killed this team in the past. Like, Bear's on the team because he earned a spot. If, If they're calling up guys from the minors to reform the offense or give it that much of a boost... T- to me, that's not going to be. A but the fix.
2: thing is, they're not going to be coming up to reform because they got McDavid, they got Drysaddle. You're asking for a complimentary player. No, I know,
1: but so, so it, just, I mean, it just worries me if they they. No, but they're going to give. I, I mean, they're I they're going to get chances.
2: Do that, right? No, they don't want to, but they're going to give guys chances over the course. Of, you you got to admit, you think Yamamoto and Benson are going to get a game or two this year, correct? Yes. Yes, and I agree Jordan, too. Jordan, would
1: you think they'll get up at some point?
6: Well, I think, I guess my hope, and to, to, to echo your sentiment, I, I really hope that they don't, like, because those guys are, are playing well down there, I hope they don't, uh, they resist the urge, because I think, and, and I guess as a follow-up, uh, final question is, and I, just because I'm a new dad, as of two weeks ago, so I haven't had a chance to see a lot of the games. Uh, but,
2: oh, uh, yeah, because you can't sleep either. You're up all night. Yeah. I know <laughs> us fathers have it tough doing everything. I know what it's like.
6: It's, uh, it's tough being a fan and a father, but uh, anyways... Um, the question is of the games you've seen and who 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 is the most likely of the middle or bottom six players uh new players or old to kind of have a breakout here and, and be be part of the answer uh, like who would you bet on at this point based on how they've been playing
1: with
2: with on the oilers team
1: you mean yeah yeah the current roster um jordan i'll put you on hold here so we could you can hear us a little better
2: well I, I think the hope and the highest expectations probably for me were probably nygaard because he has world-class speed because he produced offensively last year in, in in Sweden. So I think he was the guy that you thought would have a chance to be a top six for play with Nugent Hopkins. Now, obviously, an injury has set him back. But I think of all of the players that they brought in, he would be at the top of the list. And then you were the second biggest one, was it was a hope, would be a Yurcho. See, I think
1: Archibald, because Archibald was uh, 12 last year in 68 games. Yeah,
2: see, I watching him play, he, to me, he's a third line player. That's going to work oh, no, hard. but
1: does, I think I think he means to to be the best support scorer, not to all of us oh, get 20 yeah, 25.
2: Yeah, I still I might my, my guy's be Nygaard. he'd be the the guy that I think that could have the biggest biggest influence on on the game offensively. Or hope anyways.
1: All right, we got to take a quick timeout. Oilers lose 3 nothing to the Wild. You'll still hear from Riley Shane. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on
1: Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, a lot of times coming back from commercial, we like to play you a goal highlight from the most recent Oilers game. We do not have one this evening. They are shut out again. Losing 3 nothing to the Minnesota Wild. A shared shutout for the Wild. Devin Dubnik started, was injured. Alex Stalock went the rest of the way. He made 16 saves. Dubnik made 19. Mike Smith thought he had another good game in net. Stops 27 out of 30, but he will take the loss as the Oilers go to 7-2-1 on the season. Let's quickly head back to mini. Here's Riley Shan. A couple games for this team, 160 minutes or something like that.
8: Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, things are going so good there for a while. Yeah, it's their first first little test here, so um, I think we know in the locker room that we we got better. We can play more a more team game, and um, I mean, there's no reason for panic. It's it's our first little bit of adversity, and it's going to test us. So uh, I think the guys are are looking forward to getting back and getting in the groove, and we got a good challenge coming up here. Seven forwards in the lineup tonight without a goal ten
0: games in the season uh, is that just a bad ten games or a sign that the depth has to
8: get rolling here yeah for sure we need to we need to give uh, our top guys some relief and um I don't know exactly what what we, do, what we do, but maybe take the puck to the net a little more and get the puck to the point and just try to score some some dirty goals, things like that. But, yeah, we definitely have to uh, help out. And, um, it's one thing to possess the puck for a while in the Ozone. Uh, it's another thing to get on the score sheet, so we definitely got to do a better job with that.
1: All right, that is uh, Riley Shane signed shortly before training camp, primarily to help with the... Uh, With the penalty kill he did have nine goals last year in the nhl split between pittsburgh and florida and 11 the year before that split between pittsburgh and detroit so uh, you know his career high is 14 he had a 13 goal season so there there were a lot of players holland was saying i need you to kill penalties i need you to check and, and you know i need you to get 10. if you can get 12 or 13 even better but but can you get to 10. So they're they're not trending towards that right now, so well, we'll see.
2: But if they do all get to 10, the Oilers are going to have a really good last 70 games of the season because they're going to have a lot of secondary scoring. Uh, the, the one fear you have is there just haven't been a lot of scoring chances. They're not generating a lot of good looks. And, and then when, when you're uh, playing and you're a goal scorer and you have a couple games where you don't have a goal, you're like, well, you know what, I'm getting looks, I'm getting chances. Eventually, it's going to go in for me. Right now, the Oilers' bottom two lines aren't generally... They, they, they may have some offensive zone time, but they're not creating a whole lot, and that's when you get back to basics, and you get the puck back to the point, and you crash the net and hope for an ugly goal, because right now, an ugly goal would be a really pretty thing for the Edmonton Oilers.
1: Yeah, in 152 minutes, 28 seconds since the Oilers last scored. They will try to end that drought on Thursday when they're at home to the Washington Capitals. We have Tony on line one. Tony, go ahead.
9: Yeah, I have a couple comments about uh, the last few games. Um, the one thing I noticed about when we were winning is the fact that a lot of these one-on-one battles, not only were we having one like not only was it one-on-one, but we'd have a support player where if a person like if a guy was in in the corner, they'd be there and be like, okay, you know, pa- you know, kick me the puck or whatever. And it seems like we're afraid to get into the fort like we're afraid to get into the corners with the other guys. And that's what's basically like bringing on the. um, That's basically like um, bringing this losing streak. And I want to know, there, the bottom six. Yeah, I understand the fact you need scoring from the bottom six. But when do you start thinking about, you know, maybe bringing out Kara? Because I've noticed in the last few games, like he's not playing
1: the way that. Who did did you you say again? Tony, which player?
9: Uh, Kara. Oh. okay. Kara, honestly, in my opinion, he has basically he has no goals, right? No, because he may have one assist, maybe. Uh, no, I'm just guys. wondering.
2: No, I don't think he has, he has any zero points. Points, no
9: points. Okay, so I'm just wondering, like you know, all these players, like I know he's basically a tough guy, but it doesn't even seem like he's wanting to, you know, hit a, hit hard or anything like that. Like, when do you start considering, like these tough, like these tough guys? Maybe bring him out and bring a guy who can bring him speed and maybe get in front of
2: the net. Well, he, he's more than a tough guy. When, when We've seen Jujar, when he's playing well, he's effective because he's very good on the forecheck. He's physical. He, he can use his speed to drive defensemen back. He's got toughness, which is, is also an added uh, positive for him. But uh, he has not been near as good a, a, as we've seen in the past and he needs to be better. The, he was a guy that I think they were hoping would be a third line guy, but it's probably gonna be getting fourth line minutes, and would be a guy that's possible to pull out of the lineup. He has not been near as good as he's capable of playing, and it's it's been very noticeable in the first 10 games.
1: Yeah, and, and Tony made a good comment too about puck battles and keeping pucks alive, and when, when we have seen the Oilers play well, and specifically the bottom six, and they actually had a couple of good shifts earlier in this, mm-hmm. early in this game, and then there just wasn't much after about the first four or five minutes. It's it's not always stealing the puck, but it's you know bothering a guy's mm-hmm. stick, deflecting a pass, whacking it back into the corner, deep into the zone, and so w- if the Oilers' depth players do that, then at least they're they're tiring out or killing shifts. I mean, of course you'd like to score preferably, but that's what I've been saying that, not tonight, but other games, the, the checking has been good, because at least they've had some shifts hemming the other team in, and that does often come down to puck battles, or, or just being a bit of a nuisance, not letting the other team into your own end, or at least not easily.
2: Well, I think nuisance is a good word for it, too. It's when you can consistently pestering the other team and getting all over them, and the Oilers, bottom six, they, they, they weren't good enough tonight. And... To add to that, the Oilers' top six weren't good enough tonight. They got a great opportunity on home ice to have a big game because they're playing one of the elites of the National Hockey League. They're playing the Capitals. They are a good hockey club that's got star power and actually the top scorer in the National Hockey League in John Carlson. It will be a great opportunity for the Oilers to rebound after a so-so or below-average road trip here.
1: John Carlson has 20 points NHL PR just tweeted this out. Fewest games by a defenseman to reach his 20th point of the season in NHL history. Paul Coffey, while with Pittsburgh, did it in 10 games. Bobby Orr and John Carlson have done it in 11 games.
2: That is unbelievable. That's really, really good comedy. Carlson is a very good hockey player. And he's right. playing on a very good hockey team.
1: And we'll have his Capitals against the Oilers on Thursday night, 5:30 face-off show game at seven here on 6:30. Chet, thanks to our studio producer Kellen Kennedy. Thanks to everybody who called and texted and listened. It's always great to speak with you. You can get more on our website, 630Chet.com, GlobalNews.ca. The Wild blank the Oilers, three zip. Oilers hockey presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm a Reed. Wil- I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening.
0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.